How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are you, MB? Yes, not bad. Got fairly impatient with my mother. She came to see a preview on Friday. We stayed until Sunday. Wasn't mentioned she liked it then welcome to women talking bollocks a podcast where you'll hear well three women talking utterly bollocks what you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion makeup diets or those blinking kardashians i'm not even sure i know who they are if i'm honest but what you will hear is some uplifting irreverent chat with myself jen brister and my two very dear friends comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. And we'd like to welcome Tracy to the WTB Patreon. Thank you so much, Tracy, for joining us. And the rest of you, don't you worry, even though it's the end of the series, we are still going to be posting weekly exclusive content to you, our Patreons. So thank you for being with us, and we can't wait to spend more time with you moving forward. That's so, that's worse than someone saying they didn't enjoy it, just to like literally not mention it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it went quite well as well. It wasn't, it wasn't even a bad review. Hello, Marcus. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Mark, welcome to our podcast, WTB. Thank you. I'm honoured. You are honoured. I'll tell you why you're honoured. Mm. This, you are the very first male guest we've had. Mm. Is, it, is, that, is that fair to say we've never had a man on this podcast? Yeah, we've never had a male. We've actually never had real bollocks on Women Talking Bollocks. So You're also the first set of original, genuine knackers that we've had on here. And mm-hmm. what a delight. Well, take your word for it, Marcus. We don't need proof, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to give you proof, uh, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to hold them in some sort of congratulatory style for a bit. (laughs) Yeah, like some worry balls. (laughs) In Canada, we have what's called truck nuts. I don't know if you've ever seen that. People actually hang testicles on the back of their big 
Trucks? No. Truck nuts. Yeah. No. So, I mean. That's unnecessary. That's a step too far. What's the point of that? Is it just to say, this is how manly I am? or That's exactly it. And some people get gold truck nuts. Uh, so, you know, to be like, I am obviously, I have the smallest dink of them all. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> my, my penis is small, but my, my bollocks are golden. Gold truck nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, PR, isn't it, around Canadians being nice. Canadians are so nice. But then the flip of that is that they carry their bollocks uh, around on in cars to demonstrate their masculinity. Yes. That, um, that That's sending a different message to me as a woman <laughs> as to what we're dealing with in terms you of You don't see that men. as nice? You don't see them displaying their nuts as nice? That's... Listen, there's, there's not many ways to compliment British men, but one, one way we can compliment them is that they don't, uh, they don't detach their knackers and, and <laughs> hang them from the car. Is being nice and displaying your balls mutually exclusive? <laughs> it, it, for this lesbian, absolutely. <laughs> Mark, I've seen a lot of you recently. I've seen a lot of you, haven't I? Because we've been, we've been hanging out... Uh, at various different gigs, we did. Yeah. We did, I didn't see you for like two years or something. Well, yeah. yeah. So you saw me last year for my birthday, but um, hitherto, yeah, I guess not since not since pre-COVID or whatnot. Yeah, and then as is the way with all comedians, then we spent like three weeks together. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> yes, yes, I can, I... Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I said you. This might get old quite quickly, and he was like, "Yeah, I know." Probably well, yeah. We had one row. That was it. That's right. We, we only had one row. Actually, that was really good. It was not that is fun. impressive, Marcus. I well know, done. I know. I know. It's impressive for him. No one's gone to me to go. That's impressive. Everyone's like, "Oh well, okay." You survived her, did you? Well done. You survived that grumpy twat. Okay, great. We had fun. We had luck. We had a laugh. It was gorgeous. I mean, it was gorgeous. Weather, weather, I mean, the weather You're was talking lovely. about Norway, aren't you, I presume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I'm, the highlight of that is the fjord swimming. I just was, which was just, well, how, how warm it was. That was the... Yeah, we were stealing ourselves. We were like, look at these Norwegians just jumping in, like, like without a care in the world. And we're like, oh, okay, let's do it. We had to have, like, a competition about who would get in first. Of course, Mark got in before I did, which was very... You don't want to go in before the other person because then it's like then it's harder to get in. But it was it was the difference of a split second. You were showboating on the diving board. You would have showboated on the diving board if it wasn't for the fact that you're half blind. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get out onto the diving board. <laughs> no, we had it was it was lovely. We had a nice time. Let's find out what have we all been doing this week, Alison. What have you been up to? Oh, we got headshots done, which was really fun. Me and Danny went together, my boyfriend and I, so we got some shots, which was really fun, everyone. Those new fun. shots are so good, Alison. Andy I Hollingworth, love them. he's a lovely, he gets it, he's very fun, and his studio is now in a bunker, like an actual old bunker. Who, who, who took the photos, Alison? Andy Hollingworth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he does like all the Sarah Millicans, basically the northern regime of comedians, mm. you know, and... um. Yeah, it was super cool. But yeah, this bunker is like, like the walls were so thick. There were bands practicing next door. I thought, that's a great idea for bunker. Like get bands. <laughs> they can be as loud as they want. They can do whatever the hell they want. And we shut our door to the studio and it was like, you couldn't even hear them. It was a very cool experience. It was very fun. Yeah. They're great. Where is the bunker? Is it is in Manchester? You no, know, it is outside. So it's in I'm going to say Chester, but it's like Wrexham, Chester, so like right on the border of Wales, kind of. Oh, yeah. so a little bit further 
by the way. And it was beautiful. And he was like, we'll even do some shots outside, but it started to rain, uh, so we couldn't go outside. But it was, uh, it was very fun. Oh, who stylized that for you? Did, did you come up with that? Well, it was just, I had the coat. So uh, I borrowed a bunch of costumes from Jonathan Mayer, who is a uh, sure. yeah comedian and, uh, you know, dresses up and has spectacular clothing. So he was like, well, I have this big winter coat. It's my coat, but I think it's very Canadian. So I thought it said, so he sent like all this stuff. And so, yeah, the coat just, and it was funny because the makeup lady was like spent more time doing like the coats. Is that almost like, like feathers? It was like fur, but it looks kind of feathery. So she spent more time like preparing the coat than uh, than I needed. So, yeah, you know, just saying. Perhaps the coat needed more work than you. That's exactly it, Maureen. That's exactly it. That is often the case. The clothing needs more work than this natural exactly, beauty. Exactly, than that, than that natural beauty yeah. that is before us right now. What, those, those photos are a triumph. Are, are they for Edinburgh? They are for a variety of things. Yeah, I got them actually done because I have a new comedy album that will be coming out eventually, so that is why I had them done. But, you know, when you get headshots done... You just use them for everything. Exactly. They'll probably be your Christmas postcards, guys. Get ready for that. That's going to be fun. Double thumbs up, Alison. <laughs> your hair's looking good as well, Alison, this morning. Thank you, Marcus. Her hair always looks good in the morning. Maybe it's the camera angle, but I don't remember your sort of beehive. Is that... It's like a chignon or something. A chignon. Is, it, is that what called a chignon? Is it? Isn't it? No, because the chignon's on the back of your head. Oh, is it on the back of your head? Oh, right. If it looks like a chignon that's on the back of your head that's been raised up. Hey! Hey, your chignon slipped. <laughs> you guys, what's going on with you this week? Maureen, what have you been up to? Well, I too was in the West Country, so I did a couple of gigs Ooh. in Wiltshire. Oh, in the process of getting there, I took the Elizabeth line for the first time. What is should... that like? I'm if you're not in London, then you're probably not interested. But it's basically a new line. It is brilliant. Because I had to go to Paddington, which it's is... It's air-conditioned, isn't it? Yes, air conditioned. And if you're in East London, getting to Paddington is a pain in the ass. I got there in three stops. It took me 10 oh, minutes. That... Where from? Where did you pick it up from? In East... Liverpool Street. So from Liverpool Street to Paddington is three stops? It's like 10 minutes. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. That is a... That's a handy line. For a Londoner, you're like, this is ridiculous. Because East to West has always been yeah. a nightmare. Obviously, I got there really early because I, I travelled on the hottest day of the year, so I was panicking. So I... Of course you did. I got to Paddington an hour and a half before the train left. But anyway, but I did get round the, the Roman baths in Bath. So I played the tourist, uh, which is, I would recommend, really nice, uh, interesting, very well kept. For a monument from the Roman times, it's in very good nick. It's one of the best Roman monuments, I think, in the world. And then I went round the Fashion Museum as well. Saw pictures about that, yeah. Yeah, which was... That which... one coat, you're right, is oh, the black Christian coat. Oh, Dior dress. Oh, I did see yeah. that. I did see the taffeta. Yeah, that and... you did, and you did comment. I ignored the comment, but yes, the <laughs> the Christian Dior coat is amazing. Beautiful. So yeah, I went around that. Um, I did tell you what was funny though. Uh, we were uh, Jared really looks after you when you know we went to a pub. We both got hotel rooms, and so rooms. Sorry, and we we get to the um, reception, and of course we're having a bit of a laugh. Me and Tom Rigglesworth, and then the woman goes, "Oh, you two get on very well. Would you like to share a room?" <laughs> both me and Tom were like, "Pardon." I went, I don't think his wife would be that happy about that. She went, oh, it'd be separate beds. Like, that would be the clincher. <laughs> <laughs> Why, when you've got two separate rooms, would you want to share a room? I mean, there was, like, me and Jenny get on brilliantly, obviously. We're best friends. But I think we both go, no, separate rooms, please. Yeah. Absolutely separate rooms. 
What is she playing at? She's losing money doing that. Everything's gone wrong with that option. I think, well, you know what it was. I think they, 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 somebody must have asked for a room and all the rooms were taken. I think ah, she they thought, overbooked. They <laughs> go, but, but she knew we were there as colleagues. Like, we're just, we're there as the comics. You get along real well. Why don't you just... <laughs> Why don't you top and tail? <laughs> what about you, Marcus Birdman? What have you been doing? Uh, in the West Country too. Uh, staying with my mother, as discussed previously. Um... <laughs> Which is very nice. They live really nicely in the kind of countryside. So Belinda and I and the dog went down there um, and it's very pleasant. And then we had a couple of gigs in, um, well, Wookie Hole, which is where my mum lives, which was a beautiful gig. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a real place. I know it is a real place. It just doesn't sound it like sounds a real like place. It sounds like it's Chewbacca's asshole, doesn't it? Wookie Hole. <laughs> You just said it so casually. I'm like, wait, stop. Wookie hole. That's great. It's a real place. It's a cave, isn't it? It's a cave in some sense. It isn't Chewbacca's I like bum. To say, um, I like to take my girlfriend up Wookie hole and it's never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> With your mom? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking on disparagingly, uttering no judgment. It's the other side of, so you Cheddar Gorge, which is a bit more famous. Um, it's, it's the, which is caves and Wookiee Hole's the other end of it. And my mum lives, lives there. And it's there beautiful was a around there. there. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm. Um, this gig was in a old, well, it's a circus school. So it was quite a lot of, uh, it's beautiful accoutrements around all these sort of ropes and whatnot. So it's just quite an interesting environment. And that was nice. Although it wasn't very well attended, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and then I did a uh, gig in Bristol, Alan Anderson's prison gig in Bristol. Which I <laughs> There's so many things wrong with what you've just said in that one very short sentence. You started with a name that I never want to hear again, and oh, then you yeah. ended with something that suggests that comedy can never work there. But do, do, do continue. It was good. I mean, it was it was good. Yeah. How can it be good? It can't be good. It must. It's have been like awful. a really good junglers gig. It's like I did that yeah. gig when it was junglers, and it was never good, Alison. It was always it moved it upstairs. Oh, okay. So I went into the room, and it was full. It was full of. It was like screaming sort of drag night, and I thought, oh my god, who's who? Who's he booked? <laughs> like, and, I, and I've got to follow this. And it was just like kind of like there's no way you could do stand up after a drag act, and um. And it was just like Hindu tastic, and I thought, oh, this is so horrible. And um, and then one of the sort of uh, uh, drag queens came up and said, I think you're in the wrong room. So it was upstairs. It was like a quiet. <laughs> you are not meant to be here right now. You are definitely in the wrong room, mate. <laughs> but anyway, so we went to upstairs, and that was actually a nice gig. And most beyond that, we just had a really nice time in. So we went up around Clifton and the Clifton Suspension Bridge, which is so oh, amazing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what, like my parent, my mum, my, my mum's lived down there for 25 years and I still really don't really know Bristol that well. And Clifton is just incredible, beautiful. I don't know Bristol at all. And I've been there so many times. And yet every time I go, I'm like, I've got really no idea of the geography because I go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I'm in the garden, like the, where they do the yeah. comedy gardens or I'm here at the pub for the comedy festival or I'm here at Jongler's Prism or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know where any of those are connected, you know. It's funny you say that because I was somebody was going to Bristol and they needed to go somewhere and then it was another comic and they just gave directions via, you know where the old Jongler's was and that's how they did it? Like... <laughs> You know yeah, the tobacco factory is. Are you going on that road and then you're <laughs> yeah. up to Jonglers and then, yeah. Jen, 
What about your week? What did you get up to this week, sister? Uh, I went to, I mean, what did I do? What did I do? Let's it's a look. blur. I mean, I went to Middlesbrough. <laughs> it, it was fine. Uh, look, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to speak, it's no disrespect to anyone who lives in Middlesbrough. But, but. Um, wow, what a place. It's, it's, it needs some, it needs some money. <laughs> Somebody needs to like uh, inject some cash into Middlesbrough because it's been neglected. I think it'd be fair yeah. to say. What's always incredible is when you just see how much of the money is kept down south. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, like how it's all kind of like we we've got it in the south, and it's not distributed evenly around the country. And when you go to places like Middlesbrough, you're like, yeah, I would be very cross. <laughs> <laughs> looking around my town and looking around your town, I'd be like, I think you can inject it. I think we might need a bit more money up here. Can I make a difference? Because like Dundee has been getting a lot of money, you know, like Dundee has been changing and it's had a lot of money put into it. And you can yes, tell. and you can tell, really, can't tell. you? Especially on the on the on the dock waterfront, on the dock yeah. side, it's it's completely changed. Because when I was gigging up there, like in the early noughties, it didn't have the same juge. That it does I was now, going up there buildings. in the 70s and it was just basically everything was getting demolished. I remember I think Craigie Street was just it was just all demolished. I mean, it was just concrete. So, that yeah, there's a lot of money going into Dundee and you, can, you, and it, you know, and it, it shows. Yeah. I mean, look, Middlesbrough was fun. I had a great gig at the town hall. And then I met a mate. Uh, there's very few places you can go drinking in Middlesbrough. <laughs> it's uh, true. <clears throat> but uh, we did. And uh, so we we and then met a couple of people, uh, Tracy and Neil. Hello, uh, who took us out to a couple of pubs. Took us out to a pub in um, just down the road from where we did this gig, and where I had a Middlesbrough gin and tonic, right. which is which is gin uh, and tonic in a plastic cup uh, with no ice or lemon. And uh... <laughs> nice. the gin may have been made in a tub. You don't ask questions. You just so it was a, a warm gin and tonic and I said um oh um I thought don't even ask ask for a slice just just go just ask I said oh a little bit of ice is there ice she went she went oh no she's like basically no I don't think so I can't do a Middlesbrough accent but she was like no I don't think so and as, as if as if asking for it was like don't bother asking love I have to look around you and uh <laughs> it's cold enough up here already you don't need uh, yeah to it was anyway. I had a, I had a, I actually had a really fun time. You know, one of those random nights that you go and yeah, it's just. But wow, Middlesbrough, I tip my hat to you. Uh, By contrast, I was in Newcastle the weekend before, and that's brilliant. Like city. it's, I think, oh, it, yeah. it, it's, but it's they've so had a lot of money, Newcastle. They have had a lot of money, yeah, yeah, um, and all of the sort of sage and the Baltic and that quayside. Because I was a student in Newcastle, and it was horrible in the. No, you know, in the noughties, oh, sorry, in the 90s, actually, that would have been. And um, it was really grim. And as a student, you know, as an art student with long hair and purple dungarees, you just had to run down the street, you know. But now it's really... Um, <laughs> look at the, You must have been like, look at that bender. Let's beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I spent the whole of my student years running away. <laughs> just a bunch of art students, like, just pegging remember, it around Newcastle. I remember once... There was a the mall that we'd had to walk back to the student union, and there was just like these three scally guys in the middle of the mall, and all the students were going round just to avoid these three like teenagers, and I was like, well, I'm not doing that. They're teenagers. There's no, and I was I was cycling, and um, I'm not going to be sort of like intimidated by three fifteen year old Geordies. 
cue about 15 seconds later when I'm being beaten over the head with my own bicycle. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I've made an error here. <laughs> you One that you never made again. Yeah. yeah. You all started out as art students and ended up as track and field stars. They, they very fast. They run. It's, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, we've all had weeks, haven't we? And that's... yes. But, of course, now is the time where we head over to the corner. It's not even, it's, I mean, well, it's not even the corner, is it? It's just, it's just you, Maureen, and it's your be my money moment. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh, my God, Maureen, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do what Jen always hates. I'm gonna tell the end of the story first because otherwise it won't make sense. Really, oh, okay. I just remembered this when I was talking to Jared, and Jen gets involved in the story. What? Ed- yes, in Edinburgh once, Paul Thorne, who's a very uh, very funny comedian, once managed to convince me, Marcus, that he was not Paul Thorne. Really? And I believed him. So, <laughs> so what happened was we were in Edinburgh, and there's like these certain bars. For those of you who don't know, certain bars where you need a certain pass to get in. So Jen was trying to blag it very unsuccessfully. She was like, oh, I've, I've forgotten my pass. And the guy went, well, you'll be, be on your email. Just check your email. I mean, we all know, <laughs> me, Jen, the doorman know, she hasn't got this email. But Jen's yeah. not one to give up. So she starts looking through her phone going, oh, I can't seem to find this email. Right, we're all, <laughs> we're all standing there. I mean, the doorman's seen this trick, I mean, loads of times. Jen goes, I can't seem to see the email. He goes, well, go look in your junk mail. She went, Oh, junk mail. So she starts, and I'm like, oh, for God's sake, we'll just go somewhere else, right? Because it's getting really embarrassing now. I did really still think we could get in at that point. Yeah, yeah. Jen was like thinking, if she just carries on looking, he's going to suddenly go, oh, you must have had the email. Anyway, Paul Thorne sees us and he kind of gets us in. So we're sitting down and I'd just seen Paul Thorne compare this store just before we'd gone up to Edinburgh. So I went to Paul Thorne, oh, I I really love your emceeing. And he just looked at me really pissed off. He went, I don't emcee. I've never emceed in my life. I'm thinking, oh my God, it's, it's not Paul Thorne. And so while he, and he's going, I, I don't MC, I've never MC. I'm thinking, oh my God, who's a comic that looks like Paul Thorne but isn't Paul Thorne? <laughs> right? So I'm desperately trying to, while we're having this conversation, going, who is it? Who is it? Who does, who looks like Paul but isn't Paul? Because he's getting really, goes, no, I've never gigged to my, I've never ever MC. I don't know what you're on about. Anyway, it, this goes on for about five, 10 minutes and then eventually admits that he's Paul Thorne. Because by this point, I'm convinced it's, it's not Paul Thorne. Yeah. And then when we leave, Marcus, this is brilliant. So by this point, Rod Gilbert's joined us. There's quite a few people. So we go to say goodbye. And it takes us about five minutes to say goodbye. So we're like, bye, bye, bye. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon. And we walk off to go to the exit. Unfortunately, that exit's closed. So we'd go past everybody that we just said goodbye to for five minutes going, hi. And we could walk past them to go to another Yeah, but also exit. we'd walked quite far. Yeah. So we'd yeah. Just, we'd, we hadn't just gone and then come back. We'd gone looked and then we got to the exit where we couldn't get out and I said Maureen we can't walk back through these people we're going to have to find a way to get out of this exit and Maureen's like well I'm not climbing over anything so <laughs> I said well you go and I might be able to climb over it because I can't face that long goodbye again and then in the end we had to sort of circle back and then walk past all the people again and go oh they're like what are you doing here it was like oh bye because we just said see you soon and it was like <laughs> two minutes later bye that's like the end of the Morecambe and Wise show. Yeah, it just went on and on and on. Maureen, thank you for your Be More Maureen moment. To be honest with you, it's not the best one and it's no. not the worst one. And I think it, is, I... it is the last episode, but I do know someone who's got a better Be More Maureen moment than you. Who's that? For this week, and it's Marcus Birdman. 
Well, you're throwing me in at the deep end here. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, and it's very good. I'm meant to understand that the be more Maureen moment is that you make an absolute chump of yourself then. Yes. 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 But not deliberately. <laughs> not deliberately, yeah. So uh, a year ago, I had a stroke, which meant that I've lost half of my eyesight, which when I was in hospital, uh, I was heavily sedated. Uh, and I needed to go to the toilet. Um, so it was quite late at night. I trundled to the toilet. I was wearing my kind of uh, hospital gown, which I parted and sat down. So far, so good, were it not for the fact that there was already uh, a naked blind man sat down. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't seen him, and he hadn't seen me. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was totally blind. He didn't know who it was, and because I could see, I could see him. I did, I did know who he was. So I wasn't sort of giving any names out so that he could. There was any follow up to this, <laughs> but it was weird because he sort of. It was just like most English scenario of what you would expect someone just to kind of scream at you, going, "What you know, get off!" And uh, he just said the most English thing, which was, oh, "I'm sorry, who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> But, um, as, if it, as if it mattered. Uh, as if it mattered. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whoever it is, get off. <laughs> yeah, wow. get off. Whoever, that was what you should have said. Whoever it is, get off. <laughs> get off me. I've got a short list of people where you don't have to get off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's not you. <laughs> Judging by the fact that I can feel your testicles, get off. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had told this... Uh, story on stage in the uh, hot water gig and then came in at the back of the gig while someone else was on and sat on Jojo Smith, uh, Jojo Sutherland rather. <laughs> <laughs> she, just, she whispered in my ear, went, well, that proves you. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that you're in one of those gowns, you know, those um, hospital gowns where they're, they're, you're completely naked and yeah, they're yeah, backless. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> proper, proper skin on skin action. <laughs> I haven't uh, hitherto sat naked on another naked man in the men's toilet before. So, um, I mean, it had to happen at some point. Um, I mean, that's in a way full circle for, for introducing your first pair of actual testicles in on the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. They are in spirit, if not in, uh, if not on camera. It's nice that your testicles keep making an appearance. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I hope that continues. You haven't said that a lot, have you? <laughs> hey, I don't think she's ever made that I'm, statement before. I have never said that ever. <laughs> but it's always the first time, and uh, let's hope it's for the last, for both uh, our sakes, frankly. Um, well, Maureen and Marcus, thank you very much for your being more Maureen moments. They, they were both brilliant. Um, but let's head over now to our agony aunt. Alison, this is the final problem of this particular series. So it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, cause I ain't using it. No, 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 no. Take my advice, I ain't using it. 
personally, again, uh, thank you so much for the problems that come in. This one, fantastic one. And I am very happy to be leaving the season on this one because this is actually something that we discussed when we started this podcast. That we would never talk about this sort of thing. So I think this is appropriate. Uh, I'm going to sum it up. So basically, this individual's problem is diet chat at work. Uh, they have started a new job. Everyone around them apparently is obsessed with whatever diet they're on. Now, there are some men. They did point out it is a majority of women in the office. And every day, everyone's like talking about their diet, doing this, doing this. And then just the other day, someone approached this person and said, how's your diet going? And this person's like, I'm not on a diet. There's never been. So their problem is they're sick of the diet culture, diet, diet, diet being talked about at work. Uh, what can they do to change it? Because they feel it is unhealthy and uh, a waste of time. And I agree. I completely agree. Um, So things and ways to like change that kind of culture. First off, I think a lot of people talk about diets because we are body shamed so much in our society, men and women. Okay. Now, obviously we, you know, women for years, we've been diet, 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 but I think there's a ton of body shaming in general for everyone now. And I think people talk about diets because we've been so body shamed and everyone's, but it's a common ground, unfortunately. And I think a lot of people talk about diets as a way to connect with other people because we have all been so obsessed with how we look that everyone probably at some point has been doing some sort of eating plan, eating diet. So unfortunately, I feel people talk so much about diets because we have made it the common linking thing that we can all talk about. So it is a, it is a sad place to be. So it's a societal norm. So how do we break the societal norm? Okay. First off, I want you to identify what kind of diet talk we're dealing with. Okay. Are they talking about their diet? Are they talking about diets that are out there? Or are they talking about what's on your plate and what are you eating? At which point I kind of think it's food bullying. So let's look at, you know, what kind of diet talk is happening. I think you always need to look at that because that'll help you address how you're going to go about doing things. Your number one thing that you can do if someone starts to talk about, because the other pressure too is this is a new job. They're trying to make friends. So they're like, how do I do this without seeming like an ass or an, you know, a bitch or I I don't want to talk about this stuff. So here's some things that I think you can do. You can politely, if someone starts to talk about diets, Just excuse yourself and walk away. People are going to notice after a while that if you're not going to talk about it, you just walk away. And there's nothing nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be. You can set your boundaries and just not be a part of it. Uh, Offer a few few, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when people are like, oh, you know, are you not, you know, not diet? Be straight up. Just say, I've seen dieting end in very bad eating disorders. And uh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it's a trigger thing for me. Put it out there. Put it out there. Put it in their faces politely and just say, oh, it's just, it's not something I'm going to talk about. Someone I know has been very affected by this. So I don't want to talk. And that will make people sensitive to that right away, right? Because they'll be like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Okay, so that's a good one to do. If someone asks you (laughs) or talks about nutrients in food, oh, did you know there's this many calories? You simply say, no, I had no idea. Those are things I don't really keep track of. I just eat and then I'm full, and then I move on. You you just blow it to the side, all right? Just like don't engage in that conversation. If you have good friends in the office, if there's someone that is your mate, confide in them. 
you might have a wing person that you're even unaware of that is also like, yeah, I'm sick of all this diet talk. I don't want to talk. And if there's a couple of you in there, then you can both be doing things to like avoid diet topics or one can like jump in and help the other so there's not conversations about diets. I think it's really hard because look, as I say, every problem, we cannot change people. We cannot control people and what they decide to fat, like focus on. All we can do is control our emotions and how we react to it. Okay. So remember that. Adjust your expectations with these people. I mean, you might not be able to get rid of diet talk completely and I'm real sorry. So what can we do? Then we can shift conversations. Here are some ways to shift conversations. Here are great conversation starters. Okay. Ah, oh, you look so happy. We're not talking about body. We're not talking about anything to do with, oh, God, you look fan- You look so happy. Uh, oh, God, you are such a good friend. You are great at this thing in the office. Thank you so much for helping me take it back to things they do, personality traits, who they are as people. Do not focus on food or what they're looking for. Uh, I even hate it when people say this, you're looking well. I fucking hate that statement. When someone says you're looking well, I'm like... Are you saying I've lost weight or I've gained weight? That is all that fucking comment. Me, you look no, well. I don't think that's true. I do. You look well. You look well. I'm like, uh, why does it? Just say, hey, it's so great to see me. Those are statements I prefer, right? How lovely to see you. It's so great to see you. Nothing about how I look. Fuck off with how I look. Does it matter? Um, you're so funny. That's another thing. Compliment people on their jokes. God, that sense of humor. Uh, I feel so comfortable around you. Oh, God, you're so organized. I love your passion in regards to this thing at work. You inspire me. If you're putting out compliments like this, this encourages talk about who people are, not what they look like, which is what I think we need to focus on in society. Then you could go to movies. Did you watch this new movie? Have you heard this new thing? Have you read this comic book? shifting conversations. And you might be like, it's hard. I'm t- Get a list. Get a list of things ready that you can shift a conversation into. Then you're just ready to go. Be firm, but be kind. Okay? Don't be like, I don't want to fucking talk about diets. Okay, what you've done there is isolated yourself and now you're the bitch in the office. Just simply, ah, diets, I, I've never bothered or I don't like talking about it, but hey, great. I noticed that thing always, firm but kind. Um, and I just want to encourage you to do this because by doing this, everyone, you are probably going to be helping out a lot of other people who did not want to talk about diets but did not have the uh, strength to stop that conversation. So by you being the one to begin this, I want you to know that you are setting an example and you are helping other people in the office. That is all the advice I can give today about not talking diets. Thank you, Alison. It's a tricky one, diet chat. Um, I appreciate what you were saying there, uh, uh, Maureen, that you don't um, think that that's what people's intention is when they say you look well. But I do think for some people it is very triggering and just to be sensitive to that. And I think... When you spend the whole time, it's all about how you look or what you look. I mean, it just, it, it can, if, if you're already very sensitive about that sort of thing, it can just make you feel like on edge all the time. So why we, why even bring that up? So yeah, I yeah. think it's important to be, um, yeah, just empathic, isn't it? And just have a little yeah. think about who, you know, how, how our words impact on other people. I don't think that's, uh, listen, call, call me woke. I mean, do, because I'm quite happy to be. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's all. That's all it is. And I do think diet talk. I mean, for me, I was overweight for a very long time. Um, I used to find any chat about diets. I just used to find it very um, 
triggering and, and, and upsetting because even if it wasn't directed at me, just the conversation of diets, it was like, well, I, I guess I should, I guess I should be on one because I am literally two and a half stone heavier than everyone here who's talking about how they need to go on a diet. It's like, well, then if you need to go on a diet, I need to stop eating and start and not start back up again until Christmas. Yeah. So it's kind of that, that um, you do get very um, sensitive and it can wear your self-esteem down. So yeah. it's just about being able to control conversation without creating a confrontation which is obviously not something I'm very good at Alison but something that you are so is it as I always say at this point isn't it good that you're giving the advice and not me tell it to fuck off and sit there die up their ass don't do that don't do that it's not probably not helpful I remember one time telling uh my partner that she looked lovely today and the response was have I not looked lovely on any other day which I thought was a little unfair, but I tell you that. <laughs> Alison, thank you so much for your uh, Ask Alison corner. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. It's, fun. Hey, it's, the, end, it's the end spot. of the series. I've literally, I've literally, the segs are going. You look well, Jen. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> See, that works too, everyone. See how efficient that is? I mean, if that's... It's much easier. It's much easier. You will eliminate the problem people in your life if you. <laughs> that was a very good seg there, actually. Well, it's not Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
not surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called out. being professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> Now is the time to ask ourselves, what have we been watching on television? Well, I've been watching The Newsreader, which is on uh, iPlay on BBC. Um, I don't know if any of you've heard of it. Jen, I think you'd really like this. It's an Australian TV series, and it was ABC's most watched drama programme of 2021. Oh, and wow. Achieved, achieved the most nominations of any show or film at the Australian version of the BAFTAs. And it's set in 1986. Period detail is fantastic, particularly the costumes. Um, and Anna Torv plays Helen Norville, and she's an ambitious and hard-headed newsreader trying to make her mark in a male-dominated industry. And Sam Reid, he's Dale Jennings, and he's a producer and reporter who is desperate to become a newsreader and is generally a nice guy. He's a re You just really love his character. And uh, there's a moment, which I think we could all, as performers, relate to, where he gets his chance to, to, to read on the new, you know, to read the news on, on TV and he mucks it up. <laughs> you know, his nerves get the better of him and it's completely awful. And, you know, we've all been there where you've, and he's waited, you know, where you've waited maybe years to perform at a club or something and then you'll get, your nerves get the better of you and you're like, no, no, really, I am really good at this and you've actually done the exact opposite of what you want to do. We've all done it. And it's such a great moment because he's so desperate to do this, be a newsreader. It, it reminds me a bit of Broadcast News, if you remember. It's a really that's a great yeah, film. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're very two very different people, and they get thrown together and bond. I won't say, but they bond over an unforeseen event. And the uh, first episode deals with the Challenger um, disaster. For those of you, that was the the, the spaceship that blew up. Yeah, which oh, was yeah, massive was news. So... And also, we watched it in real time. We watched it, it in real awful. time. Yeah. It was massive. Oh, God. And um, I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's really well done. And for the first episode, which can always can be a bit like uh, difficult. There's a lot of story. It sets up the the the, the, the story really well. The characters are set up really well. Because at first, you just see this woman's a bit of a harridan, but then you see another side of her. And I think you really like the characters and you're really on their side and I think it's going to be a great show and I'm I'm hooked and I really think you'd love it like you and Chloe would really like it Jen oh Maureen that sounds like such a great recommendation newsreader and it's on the newsreader the newsreader and it's on iPlayer is yep. it one of those ones where they've chucked all the episodes out at the same time or is it coming out every week oh I didn't check because I just wanted to watch the one because otherwise you know me I end up till three in the morning watching everything yeah. They're doing a new series because it was obviously so popular. But and also, this, I think it's the period detail. And you know, you've got a woman trying to fight in a very male. I mean, we can relate that. Some of us relate. You know, in a very male-dominated industry. You know, and obviously, she's she's kind of very feisty. So you can imagine that goes down well with with some of the blokes. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I really really enjoyed it. Great recommendation. When Australians sort of get it right in film and TV, they absolutely absolutely yeah. nail it. I love Aussie telly. I absolutely <gasps> love it. Talking of Austri Australian telly, this is the last week of Neighbours. Austri no, Australian, it's the last week of Neighbours. I know, I know. I've, I'm so sorry. I'm gutted. How long has that been going? That must be, what, 30 years? 40 years, I think, something like that. Wow. 40 years. 37 years. Everybody's coming back. Everybody's Harold's back. Charlene and Jason. I saw Jason Dennis and uh, Thingy were back. Um, yes, Margot Robbie's making an appearance. Who was Margot Robbie in, in Neighbours? Yeah, she was Donna for, for a few years. She was Donna. Oh, that was past me. I, I missed that. I think anyone who, was, anyone who was anyone in Australian kind of acting has been in Neighbours. I think it's quite sweet that they're coming back. Well, because if they've got any common sense, they know that that's that where they're acting career kicked off was on yeah. Neighbours yeah. and all, all the things that they're doing now everything goes back to 
to their time in neighbours. Neighbors. So it's well, Maureen. I'm really sorry that you're losing your favourite soap opera. That is quite tough because you watched it every day for thirty seven years. years. Yeah. So from the age of one, basically. <laughs> we're still doing this, are we? Okay. okay. I, just, I, I thought we dropped it, but we're, no, we're we still going. No, we haven't dropped it. No. <laughs> okay. Great recommendations, Maureen. Marcus Birdman, have you got any recommends for us? That's not really a recommend because I think the cat's out of the bag, but I've been re-watching Ozark because I got to the end of it oh. um, and then when I can't remember some of the stuff that they're talking about and who's been killed by who uh, to, for this revenge attack to now happen. So I started again. I don't know what... I, well, I mean, I have had a stroke in the meantime, but I do think... <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> so um, maybe that's... I can put it down to that, but it's such it's such good TV. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure you've all, have you all watched it. I assume you. Yeah. No, I've watched all of it apart from the final series. I started mm. watching the final series. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe it was my mental state at the time, but I was like, oh, there's something that happens in the very first episode of the last series. Yeah, and um, I was like. Oh God, no! I can't. It's just it's it's too stressful. It's it is too, stressful. It's too mm -hmm. stressful. It's not so I, I, yeah. No, I I will watch it, but just at that point, I was like, I can't. And also, the character, it's quite Shakespearean in a way, isn't it? The way that the characters, it's, yeah. it's got that. It sort of mirrors Breaking Bad in 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 so many ways, but the way that it's the characters there's, descend. There's into... way more brilliant characters in it than. You know, like everyone has got as a really well-drawn character. What's it about? Well, it's about a, a money launderer for the for for the Mexican cartel who moves to the Ozarks, and he's basically one step ahead of getting kind of killed by them uh, every, every episode, really. Um, for for um, and he's just trying to make it right, and it just gets more and more involved with other local kind of. Uh, mafia or drug dealer people a lot of like hillbilly stuff in the ozark so every everyone's sort of uh murderous and everyone's a brilliant character and just just really good sort of spiraling plots and every every character's got a really good plot line through itself male and female and uh yeah it's just really good even the kids in it aren't shit, which is which. No, is the kids are great. Kids are the, great. The kids are so good in it, both of them, and brilliantly yeah, cast them. actually, because they do genuinely. Yeah. They're not siblings, but they look like siblings, and they look like a they look like a family. Laura Dern is plays the wife in it. Jason Bateman is the is not the... Laura. It's not Laura Dern. It's Laura Linney. Oh, sorry, Laura Linney. Sorry, not yeah, Laura, Laura Dern. Linney. I always get those two mixed up. Laura Linney, and she's ah, oh, she's so, so good. good in it. She's so good. so 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 good in it. It's. They're always just—they're always just a moment from being, from being murdered, and they'll do anything, anything, and they'll sacrifice anyone to keep their family safe. That's—that's that's the whole thing. So, lots of innocent people's <laughs> lives are ruined by this family. Lots of really uninnocent people get get get. And life. also uninnocent people as well. But it becomes harder and harder as you watch it to see their the impact of this family and but it's interesting as well because i think it starts from they're both like well they're not murderers anyway uh, you know they're not sort of they're both relatively normal yeah, human beings she's she's not great from the good well, she's, she, she's super ambitious but she's clearly not like uh you know off with his head her his head yeah. which becomes um as does he slightly um well as does everyone and uh but i think you can kind of 
it's not like you can relate because it's not like any of us are at any point going to be laundering money for the for the cartel but you sort of rather than these sort of these sort of cartoon villains are just sort of like they're just just dreadful and they've got no redeeming features or anything and you sort of go well it's just a bit thin whereas you actually do sympathize because you know her backstory and her father and her brother and all of this and, and um you they're so well drawn that you see that they're not just out and out evil or out and out bastards or out and out nasty they've got good and bad and i think that's when it especially when you get a, i mean i think it's brilliant when you can get a villain that you actually quite like you know you kind of and uh in various and they shows. are villains they're villains they mm-hmm. and you do yeah. particularly him you really like jason statham's character um bateman yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Jason Statham. <laughs> Very He's different show. Show with Laura Dern and Jason Statham. <laughs> Jason Statham. Did you ever go, go for jobs as TV reviewers? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I know, just these two old bastards who don't know the name. I don't remember the old names. Yeah. <laughs> Good recommend though. It's a really great show. Great. And if you haven't seen it, then you're very lucky because it's all up on Netflix and you can just binge it. Go through it. Yeah. I have been watching a show called Euphoria on uh, HBO Now TV. It's recommended by a couple of comedians and then it was recommended by some friends. And I've I've avoided it for such a long time because it's about a a group of teenagers. And I was like, I don't care, okay? I don't care what a group of teenagers are doing because I'm in my forties, all right? So not for me, thank you very much. Anyway. I've just finished the first series. It is absolutely incredible television. I don't know what is happening. America just keeps consistently coming up with the best TV in the world. It is about a group of high school students and it's all about their lives. Drugs, love, social media, sexting, dick pics, pornography. And it's showing it. It's in a. I think it's. I think it's in a town somewhere in New York State. Somewhere, you know, not not. You know how big New York State mm. is. It's like somewhere. So it's still. It's still kind of like. You can still be in the middle of nowhere, can't you? In in New York. And these kids. It's about their lives. And the main character who narrates it is Rue, and she is a. Uh, op- she has an opioid addiction. She's only seventeen. She developed this addiction when her father was dying of cancer and his pain medication was left out and she started to take it to numb her grief. And then, you know, because it was just left out. And so she was taking all, all manner of different opioids and became and she becomes an addict. So you meet her in the first episode mid she's deep, deep addiction. And you see flashbacks of how it affects her family, uh, flashbacks of her ODing at 16 present day relationships that she has it's fascinating it's so so good and if you have a teenager which I know you do Marcus Birdman what a window into their lives because basically the creator of this program wanted to show this is what your children are seeing okay Mm -hmm. they're watching do I want to know that (laughs) I don't think you do but I don't think you can afford not to right 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 so it's so clever. I can't tell you how clever it is, but it shows you exactly how these children are living their lives and what they're exposed to, which means that, like, I look back at my childhood, how innocent it was because we didn't have access to, to hardcore pornography. And when no. I was at school, if a bloke wanted to wind me up, it wouldn't have sent me, 
his dick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Or you wouldn't have been blackmailed into doing stuff. Or well. you wouldn't have been like someone uh, forces you to have sex, videos the sex, puts it out on the internet, and then you're made fun of. You know, all of those things like cyberbullying, all of that, it's all in here. But also, it's so interesting the way the children kind of, like a lot of the kids, they just don't use gay, straight, bi, pan. They just are. Like one of the characters, Jules, is a young trans girl. And that is the character that Rue is her best friend and they, and they end up sort of having, they sort of fall in love. Um, and that relationship that they have, it's just so forward thinking. It's so fascinating. It's so great to see that the way the kids kind of are living their lives way more authentically than certainly I ever did when I was young. I couldn't have come out at 16. Oh my God, it would I would have been a pariah. So to see that, it's just, that's really great. But then the flip side, oh, the stuff that young people are sort of having to deal with that we never had to deal with when we were their age. It's, it's just really fascinating. The direction is incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. Also, it's actually more stressful to watch than Ozark. <laughs> well, Weirdly. It's, it's very stressful because it's very immersive. And also because they're children and they're so vulnerable and they none of them appear to have developed any impulse control in this show. So <laughs> they never sit in a thought or a feeling for longer than a moment. They just react. And I think that is true of teenagers. Yeah. So as we get older, we have moments of reflection where we think, oh, OK, well, maybe that person said that because they were blah, blah, blah. Or maybe I've misunderstood the situation. I'll sit on it and I'll think about it. No, they're like, oh, they think this about me. Fine, I'll go and fuck him. You know, it's like just they, they're nuts. Uh, so because uh, of all of their hormones. But yeah, it's a it's a hard recommend. There's now two series out. It's out on Now TV or HBO if you if you live in the States or, or anywhere else. Watch it, and then let's talk about it. Yeah. Alison, I think you'll love it. It's I'm so already, like, I wrote it down. I'm like, I want to see this. Yeah. It's it's great. Milo McCabe recommended it to me, Marcus. He recommended it to me. Milo's a, a, a comedian. He does a character called Troy Hawk. And mm. he was like, and I said to him, I think I don't want to watch this because it mm. sounds crap. And he was like, it's the best thing you'll ever watch. Mm. Anyway, fast forward four months, I've watched it, and he's right. That's my recommend. I'm watching it. Alison June Smith. It's horror movie time. Yeah, so Marcus, I have horrible taste in uh, in what I watch in my spirit. Maureen nods. She's back in the room just to acknowledge that I have horrible taste. I watch awful horror movies. That is what I love. It is what I love more than anything. So I try to find a horror movie that kind of relates to the problem because uh, I think horror movies are a great escapism. So the horror movie that I've chosen today, because we were talking about diets and food talk and da-da-da, so I chose a horror movie. One of my favorites, I brought it up to Danny, my fella, the other day, and he was like, oh, my God, that's such a good movie. I was like, I know. It's called, prepare yourselves, Cooties. Oh, okay. Yes, everyone, I am recommending a horror movie called Cooties. Elijah Wood stars as a substitute teacher at Clinton Haddison, whose first day on the job at his new elementary school turns into a killer literally. A virus spawned from a diseased chicken nugget, everyone, <laughs> quickly spreads through the school, turning all the children into a swarm of savages. 
I couldn't think of anything more appropriate. Uh, we're talking diet food, chicken nuggets. I mean, they're the enemy when you're on a diet, right? So uh, this is, uh, it's gross. There's a lot of gross liquids involved. It's, okay. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but is it, it sort of cartoon gross? Like yes, it's so yeah, gross, yeah. It's, it's like, it's a funny, yeah, cooties. What is cooties? What are cooties? So cooties is like a term that kids used to use if, like, you had cooties. You were gross or there was something gross of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You've got nits. You've got, like, yeah. Like um, herpes on the side of your mouth. Isn't that a cootie? It could be a cootie, yeah. Oh, a saw. Like a saw. Okay. What I've got on my lip right now. Great. Let's, Coot- let's talk about that. Let's, cooties. Let's... <laughs> you look well, though. You look well, Jen, though. You look well on it. Exactly. I look well on it. Fine, Maureen. You can fuck off as well. <laughs> it's going to be a very short podcast. It's just me, Jen, talking to, to herself. Can you imagine just me talking about my cooties? <laughs> I think everyone will have switched off. Uh, but it's great. It's a laugh as well as like, it's more funny than it is a scary horror movie. There's there's no like, eh, eh. it's just, um, yeah. It's, it's just like, eh. yeah. And you can get it. I think it's on, I believe it's on Amazon Prime, uh, but I'm sure it's on other streaming services Amazon as well. Prime. Yeah, it's I promise I will never be watching this, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I like to expose my horrible movie taste to the world. Uh, I also did bypass Microwave Massacre, which I want to give a shout out to everyone if we're thinking about food. Ma- Microwave Massacre was a really good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the gen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, quality. Yep, yep. Uh, right. And there was a lot of other ones, but Cooties, I'm going to say, that's my winning pick for this when it has to do with uh, with food and horror movies. Yeah, Great. I think I've seen three horror movies in my life. What ones have you seen? I saw The Omen, Candyman. Yeah, Candyman? I love you saw Candyman, yeah? Uh, well, I was so that's the last one I've seen, and I was so frightened that I've never seen one since. Oh. Uh, and I watched American Werewolf in London. And that's oh, that's it. brilliant. Yeah, that's um, a classic, yeah. Like Candyman particularly, I think... Uh, the original or the new one? The first one, right? Yeah, the first one, like in the 90s, yeah. right? I, guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. So I, I, I can understand why that's someone, in a way that roller coasters is someone's idea of fun. But like being terrified for about four months after watching a film is not my idea of fun. <laughs> stayed with you. It stayed with you. <laughs> You'd yeah. rather sit on a naked man, wouldn't you? Yeah, they are definitely. Any, any day of the week, Maureen. <laughs> well... Alison, thank you for your horror recommendation. We do have some horror fans out there who are always keen to hear about your recommends. And they do follow up and suggest things. Thank you for those of you who are suggesting movies for me to watch as well. I really appreciate it. My yeah, secret horror movie of, fan club. Yep. We've had a couple of recommends, haven't we, for you? Mm-hmm. I was telling Alison to watch something. I think it was another Korean film, wasn't it? It is. Many Korean films. People are like, you should see this. I was like, Because Korean horror is next level. Because you're like, is this a horror movie or is this a real video? That Like, it's scary, some of them. You're it's like... like it's t- terrifying. Yeah. 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 Uh, I-, I can highly recommend that if you are vaguely not into horror films, never, ever watch a Korean horror film because it will stay with you, not just for a couple of months, for the rest of your life. And then your next life. And then your next life. It will affect you. Yeah. So, again, here we are. We're at this point, the penultimate point in the podcast, and it's the point where we go back to Maureen Younger. She has a corner. It is cultured. Nobody knows why. What- what's she done to it? But it's there anyway. What's going on, Maureen? Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> well, it's 100 years from the BBC, oh. which obviously has a big influence on British life. And I thought I would look at BBC comedy as we've got and for you know, another three comedians here. 
no, another yeah, another three committees here and see what you think. <laughs> and I had to count. I had to. I, I'm like, not, not casting aspersions on any of you. Are I, you yeah. seeing someone that we're not? <laughs> Which one of us do you consider not to be a comedian, Maureen? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off in the seventies. This is one of my favourite comedies, Porridge. Love Porridge. Oh, Stars. Are you big fans or? Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if Alison knows it. It was massive in the 70s, starring Ronnie Barker and Richard Beckinsale, written by uh, Dick Clement and Ila Frenet, and it was initially on uh, from 1974 to 77. And it's considered a, a classic British sitcom. Um, you can watch it on BBC. This is all on BBC iPlayer. I would recommend it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's set in a prison, HMP Slade, and Barker plays an old lad called Norman Fletcher, and he's forced to share his cell with Lenny Godper, played by Beckinsale. And over the course of the three series, you see their relationship develop. And given the whole point of a sitcom is that no matter what the characters do, they never move out of their situation. Being in prison is like the perfect sitcom scenario because obviously they, yeah. they're always going to be in, in the prison. And um, it's just really funny. Barker is without doubt one of the best British comedic actors uh, we've ever had. And it's got great, great supporting characters. Um, you've got Fulton Mackay is Mackay, the Scottish uh, Screw prison officer, yeah. He's this kind of ex army Protestant. Uh, I presume he's Protestant. Uh, he's just brilliant. You've got Brian Wilder's Barra Clough. Um, but you got to remember, it was written in the seventies, so it's very <laughs> funny. But they didn't write it with the mores of twenty twenty two. Okay, so there'll be certain aspects where you're like, oh, okay. So if you're triggered by Friends. Uh, for God's sake, do not watch Porridge because you, you, you'll just go mental. But I would definitely recommend it. The next one is from the 80s. And this is something I didn't like, but I am like the only person I know who didn't like it. Every comedian I know loves it. It's the young ones. Oh, yeah. I don't know how well that stands up now. <laughs> oh, really? I have seen it for such a long time. I don't know. Have you seen it? Have you seen it, Alison? No, I've never even heard of it. It's kind of like, I can't, like it was like the comedy series in it's the 80s. It's completely anarchic. Yeah. Okay. It's never been anything like it. Four very different students share a house. Jen's right, it was anarchic, it was often surreal, and it was iconic, and it, it brought alternative comedy to the mainstream. And it was just it was just massive, wasn't it, in the early 80s? Yeah, and those yeah. really good bands played on it. Did they? Yeah, I mean, like, they because they had quite... I don't know if it was every week, but quite often they would They'd have, have guest uh, stars, wouldn't they? Guest music band, and so like the Dam played on there, Madness played on there. Um, I remember Madness, yeah, which was quite a good introduction to 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 alternative music as well as kind of. I think it is that it's that sort of punk comedy, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it's both simultaneously uh, from, from you know in the sort of late seventies, early eighties, I suppose, and then punk in its kind of ethos of kind of crazy and fairly sort of makeshift and um yeah that's where british stand-up comes from british stand-up comes from the punk scene and i think like american stand-up comes from the jazz scene so there's like there's a different there's, that's why our comedy's you know similar but different it's because it comes from two different sort of like yeah it was very influential i mean i don't know because i never really liked it in the 80s so I, I don't know how well it stands up to time for the 90s i thought well what, what, another iconic sitcom absolutely fabulous Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Even I, I went to university. I used to come home drunk from the pubs and watch episodes of Absolutely Fabulous. I was so in love with that show. Yeah. So for those of you unlikely but who don't know it, it was created and written by Jennifer Saunders, uh, who stars as a dysfunctional PR agent, Adina Monsoon. And obviously she has Jonah Lumley as her best friend, Patsy, an ex-model who apparently has never eaten, uh, for, for, I think, for the last 30-odd years. And she has Julius O'Hilly plays her rather staid daughter, Saffron, and you've got comedy legend June Whitford as her mother. 
And this was on in the early 90s. And I think the last series was like a two-part special in 1996. Are we Ab Fab fans? What do we think, guys? Oh, yeah. What a classic. I absolutely loved Absolutely Fabulous. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, I could really relate because, you know, my mother was quite a character. So like, I would, I don't drink. So I'd be at a party not drinking while my mother would be smoking and, and getting drunk. So I could really relate to the daughter-mother relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I don't think I'm talking out of school by this, but you know that's based on Josh Howey's mum. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she's pleased about it, no. <laughs> it's Lynn Franks, is that her name? Lynn yes. Franks, yeah. Yes. Lynn Franks, the PR guru. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the, the Patsy character is just, just classic, isn't it? It's just a brilliant... Patsy's brilliant. Sometimes she just falls over. She's so, <laughs> oh, so she funny. Hasn't, because she hasn't eaten and she's hammered and then she just gets back up again and her hair would just be like, sometimes it would be at a right angle, wouldn't it? Just out of her head. It was mainly a female cast. Like, yeah. that didn't even dawn on me. That was the first time that I was like, oh my God, I find this show hilarious and it's predominantly, it's female. All it's the all major female. characters. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And and there were always guest stars like Helen Lederer, or yeah. there was Jane Horrocks who played Bubbles, and there was yes, uh, yeah. you know that you, yeah. you know there was always like a like a cast of like of female c- comedians um, yeah. or, or comic actors that would would that would make guest appearances on the show, and that's also why it was so good. And I think it was great they had June Whitford in, who she'd been a stalwart British comedy, I think, since the fifties or forties even. So like you know she'd been in a lot of classic radio comedy, and but always playing the straight woman. She always yes. plays a straight woman. But she was but she she can do some really good lines. There's that famous line when uh, when Adina says, you know, there's a thin woman inside me, and her mother goes, Just the one, dear. <laughs> you know, that's how, which is that kind of comment that you get from mothers, isn't it? You're like, oh, But that was yeah. why that was great, because she wasn't playing the straight woman in Ab Fab. She was she was just yeah. funny. She was yeah. got she was given some brilliant lines. Now this one again I haven't seen, but I've I've been told it's brilliant and it's from the early two thousand early noughties. Fifteen stories high. Oh, it's amazing. By Sean Locke. Oh, Sean Locke, yeah. Is yeah. it amazing, Marcus? It suffered because it came out at the same time as The Office. Oh, uh, okay. And they sort of The Office was obviously all hands on deck with that, and that really took a back seat. But it's, I mean, if it, you know, if you love Sean Locke, and who doesn't? Who really, doesn't? Um, it's it's that sort of dry but surreal. A sort of mixture of real kitchen sink kind of drab Englishness uh, set in a. In fact, the, the tower block is really uh, near where Melinda lives. It's in Kennington, um, and it's this drab, yeah, tower block mixed with very surreal kind of little moments, which really only Sean Locke has managed to do. Marry that kind of really plain sort of talking human with very surreal little moments. Um, I mean, for those who don't know, Sean Locke was a Brilliant, who sadly died recently. He was a brilliant, brilliant comedian. He was just one of the top comedians in the UK. And he wrote this series and he stars in it along with alongside Benedict Wong. And like you say, Marcus, anyone who's seen it has just gone on about how... So I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it, is how brilliant it is. It's on iPlayer as well, actually, which I hadn't been yes. for years. Yeah, it um, is. It's just it's, all, it's only just come, come on, I yeah. think. All, not, these not se- all, these ep- all these series are on iPlayer at the moment. Brilliant. I recommend it enough. Brilliant. So many good recommends there. Uh, Maureen. I mean, so many to add, actually. I mean, I, I, I would have added Blackadder. That was one of my favourite series. That's also on our player at the moment. Is it? Okay, yeah. that's... I, could, I mean, don't watch the first series, obviously. No, the first series is dreadful. The first series is awful, but the second to... Two to four, absolutely just... I mean, I, 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 if, when I watch it now, I still find it hilarious. I just think but, you know, they changed the, the character Blackadder for it to work, didn't they? Because in the first... 
series, oh. he's, he's a bit of an in idiot. Fir- in the yeah, first series, he's like Mr. Bean. Yeah. yeah. And then Ben Elton came on board. Oh, was it? changed, yeah. Because it was Richard they... Curtis um, wrote the first series. Uh, and then Ben Elton and Richard Curtis wrote the second series. And then that's how you see the... It, it makes such a difference when they change his character. It just it's so goes oh, up it a level, works. doesn't it? Last, the very last episode. Oh, it's really sad. That last scene is just, it's perfect. They weren't sure if they were going to film it that way because it is quite, they were like, yeah. are we going to end it like this? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm so yeah, glad no. they did. I think from a comics point of view, and I'm sure you will all appreciate that, there's a sort of, when comedy can really, really work, is it when it, when it adds a tragedy into it. Yeah. And it's afraid of that and kind of uses that, yeah, a very tragic moment. And it's it's sort of almost more beautiful and more pertinent and more more human because it's in the middle of a of a comedy series or whatever, yeah. or the end of a comedy series in this in this case, as opposed to at the end of a quite tragic film or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of great writers do that. I mean, um, Shakespeare did that. You know, you'd be laughing one minute. There is nothing worse when you're laughing one minute and then you're like, you know, Pride. Pride is a great example of a film yeah. where you're... You yeah. laugh, you laugh, and at the end, I've watched it. But, oh God, I've watched it four or five times. You're always crying at the end of yeah, that movie. It's such a great movie. Yeah, I lo- Pride's one of my favourite films. Um, I was crying at the end of Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. Very different reasons there. Yeah, brilliant. Maureen, thanks for your cultural corner, and and uh, and also great that ev- you know you can access all of those and other BBC comedies on iPlayer if you live in the UK. Sadly, if you don't, I don't know where the hell you would find them. They're out there. You can find them. Right, so we have discussed several things. We've talked about our weeks. Uh, you know, we've we've uh, got cultured. Uh, we we've talked about problems. We've done we've done tons of stuff. But what we haven't done is figured out what the hell's getting on our tits this week. Jen, what's getting your goat? I don't want to lose my shit over. Th- okay, this is it. Right, Jen's goat is happening now. <laughs> I cannot handle this. <laughs> It's the same thing. I, I, I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it again. I am absolutely sick to the back teeth of the trains. <laughs> Let's go back to trains. I got a train uh, to Middlesbrough. Cancelled. Train cancelled on the day. Okay. Brilliant. Then I had to rebook a brand new train and then apply for a refund. Okay. So that application's gone in for a refund. Let's hope they give me the refund. Had to buy a brand new ticket. So another £155. Okay. <gasps> Yeah, yeah, to get the ticket. Haven't had the refund yet. Got the ticket. Fine. Booked it. Got to Middlesbrough. Boom. Next day, wake up. Train is cancelled. Can't get a refund. Another £85 to get a ticket. Turn up. Train is late. Half an hour. Great. Finally get on the train. Connecting train. Delayed. Oh, thanks very much. Get on that train. Get to London. Finally. Yeah. Two hours after I'm supposed to be there. Okay, I'm all right. I'm a very chilled woman, as you know. Arrive at London, Victoria to get my next train. Buy another ticket. Train delayed. Another half an hour. Great. Okay, finally get on that train. Train doesn't terminate at Brighton. Train terminates at Haywards Heath. (laughs) Have to get off at Haywards Heath. By the time I got to Haywards Heath, I was like, it's cost me at this point. (laughs) It's cost me... Over four hundred pounds to get to from to Middlesbrough and back, yeah, and it's taken me seven hours. I just cannot. And then 
while I'm at Haywards Heath Railway Station, I'd think, right, well, I'll just, I've got time to kill. I'm looking at the news. First uh, news thing that comes up, Keir Starmer is no longer going to re-nationalise the rails if he gets into power. I literally nearly threw my phone across. I was like, are you absolutely kidding me? Re-nationalise the railways. Yes. For the love of Christ, they're not working. Definitely. They're charging us £400 to get to fucking Middlesbrough and back and the trains don't work. Renationalise them. And it's not just today, it's every day. Every single day. I think anything that's prefixed with southern should be burnt to the ground. Okay, southern water, southern rail, southern fucking whatever. It None of it works. Can we stop privatising? And also, if you're a private company and then you're not offering them a, a, the, your customers a decent service, guess what? They don't care. They don't care. It's, it's not like... When you privatise something, you get a better service. You pay for more. You pay more for the service and they get a shitter service because they're trying to make as big a profit as they can. So they'll make as many shortcuts as possible to make as big a profit. And they don't care if that affects your service. When are we going to learn that capitalism doesn't work? Anyway, that is what has got me goat. And I'm just waiting to see if I get any of my refunds. I'm expecting a £200 refund. We'll see. In fact, actually, no, it's £300 refund I'm looking for. If you've been over delayed over half an hour, you get refunds for those tickets as well. Yeah. I know. And I've, I've looked at that. And then you have to fill in another load of forms. I've got another three forms to fill in. So it's it, they just make it as difficult as possible for you. So can you be bothered? Of course, I'll... I'll do it. But I mean, it's just so much admin. And and all it, all I wanted to do was get to Middlesbrough and come home again. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, I wouldn't mind if at the end I was somewhere. I mean, nice. <laughs> that wasn't Middlesbrough. No, but... I mean, no disrespect, but nobody wants to pay £40 to go to Middlesbrough. Not even people in Middlesbrough. I mean, I don't want to pay £40 to go to any city in, in Britain. No. The problem, too, is that you're separating a country. There's such a north-south divide already. And now it's like, look at Jen, for you to get to Middlesbrough was like a fucking epic journey. You could have gone to Spain for cheaper. You could have got, you know, like, you know, it really drives me crazy because being up in Manchester... People don't realize, like, it used to be easy. I used to be one of these ones who was on the train all the time. Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah, it's Tuesday. I'll go down. I'll come back up. Da, da, da. Forget that life. It's almost like... It's too you're expensive. Being, it, forced. Yeah, it, too expensive and almost undoable. As Jen has experienced, seven hours. Yeah. You're using one train line. So you book a ticket, don't you? I book my tickets through train line, which I might stop doing now because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um and it's through one train service, Grand Central. So I go Grand Central, Trans Pennine. Okay, but then Grand Central uh, go, oh, actually, we've cancelled this train. You go, okay, when's the next Grand Central train? It's not for three hours because the next train has been cancelled and I have to wait for the next train, which is another hour. I think, I can't wait three hours. I've got to get to this gig. So then you have to buy another train ticket with a different train line yeah. do, you see, do you see what i mean mm -hmm. so I'm, i've got i've got to hope that grand central will refund me the ticket and then i buy a ticket through a different train line it's not like one sort of and the problem is when you buy on the day the ticket prices are ludicrous absolutely ludicrous yeah because you know, what i'm buying it's because all of these tickets i bought three months ago yes yeah, well it's cheap do you know what maureen it, it wasn't any cheaper it was actually i actually weirdly when i the train got cancelled and i booked a new one i saved 10 pounds don't tell them that. Going to London from here, it doesn't matter how far in advance you book now. I know. It's about it used to be. Quid. It used to be. Oh, yeah. It used to be. In fact, in the old days, yeah. you used to, if you went on a mobile with Virgin, you used to get £7.50 tickets to Manchester. 
Yeah. I remember 11 pounders. Yeah. I remember yeah. that seven, 11 pound things, which they Back did, the which day. they did when they just started, when they took over that train line to go, hey, look how great Virgin is and what we're offering. And then like fast forward five years, it's like, no, it's, it's 78 pounds. Single. I mean, I think there's something ridiculous. If you, if you walk up, you can get like to get to London or return to London. Like you just walk up to the station, like 300 quid and you're like, mm. it's ludicrous. There's no way you can justify a two hour journey for that price. Basically, whatever I made in Middlesbrough was very much uh, a lot less, um, <laughs> uh, given how much I spent on my train ticket to get there. I, I, I think I'd go so far as to say is it wasn't worth me going to Middlesbrough. <laughs> anyway, that's what's got my goat, as always. Uh, uh, it's good to end on a high. <laughs> Marcus, before we uh, literally just bugger off, yeah. tell us where you are, what you're doing, where we can find you, what you're up to, all of that jazz. I am about to do Edinburgh uh, Fringe uh, next month. So yes. all, all of that, I'm in uh, the Banshee Labyrinth at 5.10. Great my show, The bearable heaviness of nearly not being. So 10 past five at the Banshee Labyrinth at Edinburgh. You're, yeah, yeah there every, all month. Go and yes. see it. It's absolutely brilliant show. And also the poster, by poster the way. Poster is phenomenal. I was just going to say. Amazing yeah. poster. Did you design it, Marcus? Marcus is very good at drawing. He's very good. I, very I good saw the, well, it was a photo that uh, my partner Melinda took when I was in hospital of me eating a banana. And that's probably as much as you need to know there. And um, so good. It, I just thought it would be a good poster, which I sort of then cobbled together. And then my very good friend Simon Moore who is a graphic designer, sort of tarted it up so that it looks good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. You're in Edinburgh as well, aren't you, for a bit, Alison? Yeah, I'm just going up for 10 days. Yeah, doing a fun little a work in progress show called Working Out, because that's what I'm doing with Daisy Earl. It'll be fun. It's a Cab Voltaire 2.30. Yeah. Nice. What are the dates? First, no, 4th to the 4th. Or fifth to the fourteenth, I guess it would be. Yeah, it's good yeah. to know these things, Alison. Yeah, I'm like, when am I going? <laughs> Great. I'll come see you. I'll come see you. Yeah. Alison is at uh, two something. Two thirty. Two thirty yeah. at Cab Voltaire from the fifth to the fourteenth, and Marcus Burden will be at uh, Banshee Labyrinth for the entire month of Edinburgh Festival at five ten. Brilliant. Uh, any any anything else to add, Marcus? Uh, where, uh, social media. Blah blah blah. Um, social media's Marcus Birdman, uh, Twitter Birdman watching. So yeah, you can get me on those bits and bobs as well. Um, so yeah. Listen, bollocks, listeners, do go and see Marcus Birdman. It's not an accident that he is the only man we've allowed on this show. He is very funny and very brilliant and a dear friend. Right, that's the end of the show. That's the end of the series. Listen, folks, we'll summer is ahead of you. Enjoy it. Enjoy the sunshine if you get any. Enjoy your holidays and we'll be back in September, won't we? Yeah, but keep in touch with us. Maureen, why are you waving? This is a podcast. Don't, don't wave. They... Is she still waving? Okay. Waving goodbye to you. She's saying you're not on the next series. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm taking over. <laughs> and this is how you chose to tell me. <laughs> yeah, but you're looking well. Okay, you look well. <laughs> <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.